0: Bless God. I, I titled this morning's message, Forward in Faith. Go forward in faith. It's good to go forward in faith. You know, we were just down in Williamsburg, Virginia, where they celebrate the 1700s, the, the, the declare the independence uh, of America. And uh, you would see them marching forward with the drums and the fife, and they would march forward. And it's good to be advancing forward. It's a good thing. Uh, it's not good to be in retreat to run in, to be running the other way, is it? It's always good to be marching forward. And God wants us to go forward in faith, to be ever marching onward and ever marching forward in faith in in the Lord. He's the God who leads us on to victory. In Psalm, and uh, I had uh, this uh, thought going way back before Katrina. Uh, had come. But in Psalm 93, if we will look at Psalm number 93 this morning also, and the psalmist here says, The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed the world is firmly established, it will not be moved. Thy throne is established from of old, thou art from everlasting the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. More than the sounds of many waters, than the mighty breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. The testimonies are fully confirmed. Holiness benefits thy house, O Lord, forevermore. The Bible there says that the Lord is mighty. The Lord has clothed himself in strength and in majesty, and he is above all. We had talked about the attributes of God, if you remember, that God is almighty, all-powerful. He is a sovereign and an awesome God. And here the psalmist says, Lord, the, the floods have risen up, and and uh, like mighty waves, they have risen up. But the Bible says, "The Lord, you are mightier than the mightiest wave. And that's where our strength lies. That is where our hope lies that God is greater than anything that this world can, can try to overtake us with. And the floods there are not necessarily waters, but floods of life. As we live in life, we are constantly flooded with all kinds of things that that try to drown us, that try to take away our hopes and our dreams and our desires. And we're constantly flooded in this life with things. And sometimes in life, uh, it seems like things that are greater than us rise up. And it looks like that all our dreams or desires or hopes are going to be just washed away or covered over or drowned and never to rise again. But God is mightier than any flood that comes against us in life, whether it be a natural type of disaster or whether it be a flood of onslaught against our mind or, more importantly, against our heart. And God is greater than any onslaught, than any flood that tries to overtake you or cover you in this life. Faith is an adventure. It's a way of life that involves steps and decisions of the heart for each and every one of us. You know, faith often begins with adventure and excitement. When we look at the Israelites, when they were in Egypt and they were enslaved and they were going through some terrible times in captivity. Captivity is not a good thing. They were commanded, remember, to make bricks without straw. And, and they were whipped and, and everything else. And, and they were crying out to God to, to deliver them and to save them. And God heard them and God came. And what did he do? He, he, he worked wonders, miracles uh, before Pharaoh. And finally he said, let them go, let them let them go. And so the people were rejoicing, right? They were excited, and they were walking out with all the spoils of Egypt, and they were on their way. They were on their journey following Moses. Oh, Moses, what a great God we have. What a great leader, you know? And here they go. They're going forth in in faith, right? They don't know where they're going, but they know that they're going out of Egypt. They don't know where they're going to, but they know that they're going out of Egypt and so their, their, their adventure begins with excitement. Yeah, yahoo, wahoo, you know, here we go where we've been delivered. And so they're walking in faith, uh, with, uh, with him. So they took a step in faith with Moses. Moses didn't know exactly where he was going. God said he would just get out and, and go and God would lead them. And so here they are. They're celebrating. They're probably singing songs and, and, you know, uh, uh, cooking hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff and celebrating on their journey. And so here they come now to the, to the, to the Red Sea. And so what's happened here at the Red Sea? There's a, all of a sudden now from their singing and dancing and joyfulness, now there's an obstacle here. There's a, something in the way that they can't overcome. And anything ever get in, in, in your way in life that you couldn't seem, it seemed like you just couldn't overcome it, you just couldn't get over to the other side, or you just couldn't find a way through? Life is full of that for us. If we're honest and, and if we're truthful, all of us at some point in our life have come to the, uh, a Red Sea where something seems to be insurmountable. We just can't take another step forward. We can't go anywhere. It seems like we're stuck here. Well what happens now now all of a sudden that that faith that we had that that joy that song that we were singing now starts to kind of like wind down like oh then you start looking at that obstacle that sea or whatever it is that before you and all of a sudden it it kind of you know this the song sort of kind of winds down and and whatever and then you look behind you and all of a sudden you see another uh thing here comes Pharaoh and his armies after. The children of Israel, right? So they left singing songs and rejoicing, and now they're at the Red Sea and they, they can't see a way over, and they look back and they they see, you know, somebody pursuing them that wants to uh take them back into captivity or to take their life, one or the other. And you know, uh we it's not good to go to go to go back when someone is pursuing you to want to overtake you, and so here they are. They're 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 standing there at the the Red Sea and and they see everything behind them and uh, what happens? God comes and uh, he puts uh, the you know he makes a way right he makes the way he opens the Red Sea for Moses. Moses was standing there and the people were were crying to him and then Moses was like a big leader and he was saying, "All right, you know God is going to make a way here now. Let's uh let's just uh." Wait, and then, and then God starts to cry to, to God. Mo, I mean, Moses, what did I say? Moses starts to cry to God, right? And he says, you know, ah, what am I going to do with all these people there? And Moses turns around, and you know, the big leader, and he goes and he encourages the people, but then he turns around and he's, help, help, you know, he's crying out to God. So God just tells them to stick out your rod, and he does, and the sea opens, and they go across, and they get on the other side and they see the armies of Pharaoh drowned, you know, washed in by the Red Sea and they celebrate again. Wahoo, you know, now they're happy again because everything is good. And now they begin their journey on, on the road into the wilderness there. But, uh, in, go with me to, uh, to, to the gospel of Luke chapter number six. You know, God wants us to follow him and he wants us to follow him, follow his word. He doesn't want us to be caught up uh, in other things. Now, you remember when they were in, on the road uh, in the wilderness, they started to get tired of the manna, remember? And they started complaining and, and all this here. But before, when they were facing the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was behind them, they didn't want to go back at that point. They wanted to get away. And, and so they rejoiced when God made a way for them to get out. Now they're walking in the wilderness and they're out there and God is providing manna for them and now they get tired of this manna. And they, you know, they want another menu now. They want you know, they want pheasant and steaks and all this other stuff. But God was giving them, you know, like a like a multivitamin type thing that was satisfying that nourished them, that they had no need for anything else, but they tired of that and they started to complain and they started to say, Oh, it's it's better, it was better you know back there and they were it's it's not good to go backwards in in this area uh in gospel of luke chapter number six uh verse number 46 jesus said why do you call me lord lord and do not do what i say everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them i will show you whom he is like you see god gives us his word Not just for pleasant listening, not, it's not like some soothing music that God wants to give us His Word for. God gives us His Word so that we can live by it, which means that we can act on it and walk according to the Word of God. So the Word of God is not just some nice soothing music that comforts you and, and you know, makes you relax and puts you to sleep. No, it's, it's the words of life that God wants us to live by and act upon. And it says, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You know, God gives us his word for our benefit, for our good. And he says, uh, and everyone who comes and acts upon them, I will show you who he is like. God is saying, if you act on my word, let me show you who you are like. And he gives us a comparison. How many of us act on the word of God? How many of us want to and desire to act? Don't raise your hands. How many of us desire and want to act on the word of God? I pray that we all do, that it is our desire to know the word so we can live by it, live accordingly and walk accordingly to the word. It says, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood rose, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it, Because it had been built well. When we build our house, and our house is not, he's not talking so much about the physical house. We all know that that a house that is built with wood or whatever or brick, those things can be crumbled. Those can be washed away. We know that. They can go. But Jesus is talking about this house. The house that we live in here the body that we abide in, that if our house is built upon the word of God, when the floods and the torrents of life that come against us, it will not make this house crumble. We will not have breakdowns and become, uh, you know, incapacitated. That when the floods come, we will be able to stand the onslaught of what life throws at us, what life uh, puts for us to go through because we are built on the foundation who is the, what is the word of God. But, verse 49, but the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house upon the ground without any foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. If our lives are not built on the word of God The torrents and the floods of life, not so much the waters or the hurricanes or anything like that, but the onslaughts of the things that we face in life that come against us will crush us if we do not have a foundation in the word of God. And here, the Israelites, when they were walking through there, they did not have really the foundation and that God was wanting them to stand on it. They took they took a step in faith according to the Word of God. And then when they got out there, they says, I don't like this. I don't like this walking in faith business. I don't like this depending upon the manna all the time. How many of you know we have to depend upon the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives every day? We should never get tired of that Word and that Holy Spirit in our lives that leads us and guides us. But here, they took their step and they says, I don't like it to always be dependent on this manna. I want to... You know, do something else. And they didn't like it here. And they said there's too many obstacles. This is overwhelming to be walking in the wilderness, not knowing where we're going. But when you walk with God, He will, He has a destination for you. You know, God has a destination for your life, a good destination. Let me put it, He, God has a good destination for your life. Where was He leading the Israelites? Huh? He was leading them to what? The promised land. What did Were they able to see it? No. Was it there? Yes, it was there. And God said he was going to lead them to the promised land. But in the meantime, they were in the wilderness looking around and saying, this is a little overwhelming here, and we're just tired of, of, of all this matter and this other stuff. But in Hebrews, God says that he does, if you read Hebrews 10, we don't have to go there, but God says he is displeased with people who go backward. God does not like backward going people but in that same verse in hebrews where he says he does not like people who want to go backward because they see something in front of them in life they see obstacles or struggles that they have to go through and instead of going forward they say ah it was better back then and they go backward from walking with god backward from serving god thinking that it's going to be better. They don't have to put up with this obstacles. They don't have to put up with walking by faith. And they go backwards. And God says, the just shall live by faith. And I, the Bible says, God takes displeasure in those who go backward, who walk backward from walking in faith with God. And then in, in, in Hebrews, eleven cha- verse 11, chapter says, the faith chapter. It says, Noah was warned of the flood and was told to build an ark. Now, God gives us common sense and he gives us warnings about things. And we need to take heed to the warnings that are found even in the word of God. And Noah took heed to the word, to the warning that he, he went on in faith to build the ark. And as he was building the ark, people were mocking him. People were laughing at him. Hey, Noah! How'd you hit your nail on the hammer? You should hit your thumb with the hammer again, building the ark, you know? And people were mocking Noah. But Noah says, by faith, he was going to do what God said, no matter. That was not an easy job to build an ark of that size. Do you know that? And Noah and Mrs. Noah, God bless her, had to put up a lot with all that. But there was a lot involved there. And so Noah, by faith, kept building the ark, no matter what. People said and did. He just kept on building it. And what happened? What God promised did come to pass. Abraham, when he was told to leave his house and to go to a land that I will show you, he didn't know, but he stepped out in faith. And was his journey wonderful and smooth? No, there were obstacles in his way. But did he continue on? Did he take step number two? And when he saw things were rough and tough, did he continue on with the Lord? Yes, he did. And so our life, when we, when we are walking in faith with God, we have to understand and know we're going to come up against things in life that are going to be difficult and seem unsurmountable and seem like we can't take another step forward. But it's at that point when you need to say, yes, I'm going to take another step forward by faith in God. And you go on with the Lord. And then Moses, when they were at the Red Sea, moses told uh the people he said stand still and and there's a time when we need to stand still we need to step out in faith and then there's a time when we need to stand still when when we see something before us that can't be overcome because the israelites they couldn't they didn't have a Backhoes, they they couldn't go and make a, or they didn't have material to build a bridge over the Red Sea. They couldn't tunnel under the Red Sea, and and there was no way. They they didn't have little paddles or scoopers that they could just scoop the water away and walk through. So they had to depend upon the Lord God to help them. So standing still at the sometimes is the right thing to do. So here they were standing still. And in Psalm number 62, I want you to go with me to Psalm number 62. The walk of the righteous is never easy, but it is possible. Psalm number 62. Here the psalmist says, My soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest." The rock of my strength, my refuge in God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Now listen to these verses. Men of low degree are only vanity. Meaning, men who are poor or do not have the ability to help someone. For example, as we look at the tremendous disaster that took place down south with Katrina, We see that there were many people who were unable to help. You can't say that there were those who did not want to help. They were just simply unable to help others. And so they did not have the ability to be a help to someone. You see, we cannot, what the Bible is telling us here is that we have to trust and walk by faith in the Lord. And trust the Lord every day of our lives. If we look to a man or to men or to institutions or things to help us, we will be disappointed and we will, uh, we will come up short every time. Because here it says, the Bible says that, verse nine, it says, men of low degree are only vanity and men of rank, meaning those who have money, are a lie. Now what does that mean? Men of, men of, men of low rank are vanity, meaning there's, there's nothing that they can do to really help. And men who are of rank, men who have a stature or a position or of authority or money, says they are alive. Promises, 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 and help never comes. But it says here, this is what the word of God says. And in the balances they go up, and t- they are together lighter than breath. If we put our hope or trust in man, no matter what stature in life they are, whether they are poor or whether they are rich or whether they are in position. If we look to them for help and deliverance, we will, we will come up short and we will be very disappointed. And it says also, don't trust in oppression. And verse 10, read it. Do not trust in oppression and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. Don't trust in oppression or robbery to, to, to be a help to you in your time of need robbing is robbing and it does not help you oppression does not help you in times of need this is what the bible says this is this is not a, a speech that i'll make it on my own this is what the bible said if we trust in men or or means uh, if we think robbing and getting possessions is going to help us it is not if we think oppressing someone in a time when they have a need is going to help us it is not the bible says here in verse number 11, Once God has spoken, twice he have heard this, that power belongs to God. And loving kindness is thine, O Lord, for thou dost recompense a man according to his word. So the Bible says power, loving kindness, kindness belongs to God. And if we trust in God in those times of our life when we face floods or obstacles or, or things that are too much overwhelming for us, if we have a bad report from someone a doctor or whatever if we're lost our job if something comes up we things in life that tend to overwhelm us our faith and trust has to go directly to the lord because in him is power and he has loving kindness and kindness and compassion for us man can as if they there there's men who would want to help you but cannot because they don't have the power or the ability how many of you know That if you're dying of a disease, there's only so much a doctor can do. A doctor does not have, in this case, a doctor becomes those of low rank or low people, people who are poor because they, they're they poor because they have the inability to save you from that thing that is drowning you, that is taking your life away. So who is the only one that can help you? All the money in the world isn't going to help you with that disease. The president of the United States can't sign a paper saying, I I, I want that, I, I decree that that disease will leave so-and-so. He doesn't have the power or the ability to do it. So no one has the power to help you except. Who? Except the Lord. And so you have to have faith and trust in God for your deliverance, for your, for your saving. The Israelites had to trust in God to get through that Red Sea. They had to trust in God to get them through the wilderness to the promised land. And so God has been saying all along, have faith in me. Don't rely on men. And in Psalm 46, let's go to Psalm 46, verses 1 1- to three, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. When you're in trouble, and I'm not talking about trouble with your parents or trouble with uh, you know someone where you know you get a spanking or something like that. I'm not talking about that type of trouble. I said when you're in trouble, the troubles of life that encompass you about when you when you need a way uh, of escape from the troubles of life. Therefore it says, we will not fear though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and though the mountains quake at its its swelling pride. We don't, we don't, we don't fear when we see things around us start, start to crumble and shake. And you know, because life is full of the unexpected. God didn't say that our days in this world and this life will be filled with wonderful things and, and everything is la, 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 skipping dance and singing, whatever. But we're our life in this world is full of unexpected events, whether they be from, from the forces of, of, of the weather or waters or whatever, or whether they be onslaughts to the mind or or to our finances or to our health. Those are things that, Seem like they're floods and waters that are overwhelming. But God, it says, is our refuge and our strength. We need to run to God for he is our refuge and strength. God is present, helping us to bear trouble, to bear with trouble, to improve things in our life and to survive. God is there to make us become survivors, you know, and that is what God is is, his work is about getting us. Not only to survive, but to be more than conquerors, able, being able to help others to survive, to get through the onslaughts and, and the, the heartbreaks of life. You know, life breaks our heart. Yes, it does. When you look at the news, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? If you, if you dwell on that long enough, it starts to, to, to make your mind go in, into sadness and, and whatever. But God is our help even there. To help our hearts and to help our minds in those areas. Every all the psalmists, all throughout the Word of God, we see time and again, they all encompassed uh tremendous onslaughts and, and tremendous situations. You know, even David says, you know, that he uh, in Psalm sixty nine three, he said, I'm weary of crying, my throat is dried, mine eyes feel fail while I wait for help. Now, here's David crying to God for help, and God was his help. God did come, but did he come immediately? Well, in David's, in our thinking, it's not immediate, but in God's plan and whatever, it's on time. And so David said, "My, uh, I'm tired of weeping. Uh, my voice is gone from crying. He said, you know, all this year, he says, while I wait for you, O Lord. But he waited on the Lord, knowing that. That the Lord is His help. And, and I, you know, people say, yeah, oh, the Lord will show up. No, the Lord doesn't show up. The Lord is there already. The Lord is 24-7 present with us. We say, uh, oh, the Lord finally showed up. No, the Lord didn't finally show up. The Lord was there with you all the time. And God looks at our hearts. He, he wants to build us and he wants us to, to, to hold him and to trust him and to, and to be with him all the time. And so, there's a time to stand still when we know that we just have to totally trust in God. When we, again, if you look at that scenario down there with Katrina, there's people who were uh, locked in in, in in attics or on their rooftops or in that stadium. There's nothing that they were able to do but wait, but wait, but wait, and God was there to help them. God is a present help in a time of need and a time of trouble. There's a time when we have total inability to do anything but wait on God and trust on God. And uh, I know as I watched the news that even in that stadium, they were having prayer meetings in the back. Although they had a lack of water and things, the stench was terrible, but they were still somewhere having prayer meetings in there. And prayer is effective when you step out in faith and pray and believe God for deliverance for help for salvation it comes it comes because without prayer without faith god only knows what the result would have been but it is through prayer and through faith that god does wonderful things and then finally god says to them let's go forward when he said to the israelites let's go forward come on i'm bringing you to the promised land god is telling us to walk come on go forward in faith with god Don't stand still. Don't get stuck there. There's a time to stand still, but then there's a time to get up and move forward. When those buses came, those people got up and moved forward. Why? Because they didn't want to stay in the stench and in the depravity. and They didn't want to stay in that place of lack where they didn't have anything, did they? That's a stinking place to stay, isn't it? Would, would anyone in their right mind want to stay in a place that was stinky and stenchy and, and with filth and stuff? No. If the bus came, you're getting on that bus, weren't you? But how many of us in life stay in the place that we're at that stinks and we have lack? and we and we don't have this and, and we just, oh, maybe this is where God wants me to be and this is how God wants me to live my life oh me, oh my I'll do it for the Lord I'll, I'll suffer for the Lord that is not what God wants you to do God, if you're in a stinking situation get out of it have faith in God and believe God He's going to send a bus that you're going to step onto and get out to a better place God has a good plan for your life Don't stay in a stinking situation. If you're sick, don't stay there. Say, I'm not. I'm going to be. I am the healed of the Lord. And I'm stepping onto that bus of healing because I know it's at my door. And so we need to stand and whatever it is you need. You need a job. Well, I'm not going to stay here without work. I'm going to step out in faith and get a good job. And we have to step out in life and go forward in faith knowing that God is with us. Don't stay when you're not supposed to stay. There's a time to stay and then there's a time to say, "I got to get out of here. This is this is getting this is stinky. I don't want to stay here anymore." How many of you like staying in a sick bed? Nobody does. How many of you like staying in poverty? Nobody does. How many of you like to stay without your dreams being fulfilled? Nobody does. And so we got to take a step forward and God says, "Come on, let's go forward because he is the glory and the lifter of our head. He has a, a future and a hope for us. So we can't go backwards. There's nothing to go back to. When we were saved from with the Lord, we came out of a life that was depraved and full of stench and everything else. What, are we going to go back to that? No. And we don't want to stay where we're at because, I mean, and even if you're in a good place, listen, even if you're in a good place, you got to be saying, Lord, thank you for this wonderful place. But I know there's a better place for me, and you gotta step out. It's not only when you're in a bad place, but if you're in a good place, that could become a stench to God because you're comfortable and you stop and you stop moving forward with God because now you're comfortable, you got the comforts of life, and you say, oh, I've arrived, I'm happy, I'm content here. And that is not where God wants you to be neither. God is saying, step out in faith. Go forward because there's greater things ahead. And so we should never in life be content. With where we are, we always need to be walking forward in faith with God. Because whether it's sickness, we're getting out of it; or whether it's a what a poverty we're getting out of it; if it's a if it's a lack of education, we're getting out of it. Whatever it might be, we're getting out of it and going on with God to something greater. God is bringing you on to something wonderful in your life if you will dare to step forward in faith and walk with God and forget about the obstacles and the things that are around you. Sometimes you need to stand still, but you need to step forward in faith and go onward with God. Going forward involves risk because you might not see or know, but sight says we can't do it. Sight says we don't have the resources, but faith says we can do it. Why? Because God has the resources. I might not have the resources, but God has the resources because he has all things in the palm of his hand. And so faith always stretches us beyond where we are. Faith is always a a stretch, pulling us, wanting us to to take that extra step forward uh, with him. There is a story that I want to just end with. Uh, real quick is there was a woman her name uh, was she was a missionary to China her name was Gladys and for more than 50 years uh, for more than 50 years she was a missionary and uh, she was forced to flee when an invading army the Japanese invaded there and she took with her a hundred orphans and they were trying to make their way out they were trying to escape from this invading army that, that she knew would probably kill them and so she was going Here's this woman and uh, she's going she's not a young woman she's a she's a woman who's up in age and she's got these 100 orphans with her and they're going and she's trying to find a way of escape for them and she gets to a point where she gets so so afraid and she can't see where she's going to go next and she starts to uh, the children could see that that she was starting to despair and and kind of give up hope and one little girl went to her and says and she says uh, Gladys, she says, she said, you remember the story of Moses and the Israelites when they got to the Red Sea, how God opened the sea and made a way for them. And she said, God will do the same for us. And she said, well, she said, I'm not Moses. I'm not Moses. But the little girl looked at her and said, but Gladys, God is still God. And so we don't have to be Moses because God is still God. And they got through. You see, it's not who we are. It's who God is that gets us through. And here this woman took this hundred orphans and got them away to safety, but almost, almost stopped and gave up and said, what's the use? But God is still God. And she got them through. And so we need to go forward in faith, not backward. Not standing still, but going forward in faith in our life. Because God has a wonderful plan for your life. Amen.